0: Brent, you and I talked about kind of opening this show uh, proper, I guess, with this, but we can both just go ahead and get into our drinks now, if you don't mind, because we both brought some beverages today. That'd be a little fun.
1: Uh, Brent, what are you you drinking today? So, Coca-Cola has been on this kick of introducing these new, uh, like, flavors into Coca-Cola. So, it's not like its own separate soda. It's like a certain flavored Coca-Cola. Like, I had that that space-flavored Coke. Yeah. Uh episodes ago i don't know mm-hmm. like time means nothing to me anymore so um and that just tasted like cotton candy and like barely coca-cola not for you know? me yeah so i came across this at uh, a grocery store this is dream world coca-cola which is dream flavored have you heard of this i don't has a little and uh <laughs> i was curious so i, don't I understand I, these flavors neither do i this yeah. is some like pepsi shit you know mm-hmm. where are you modifying your perfect flavor but um I, I did try this earlier this week because I was uh well I'll just say it thirsty. Mm-hmm. And um it, it, it just tastes like sweetness. Like it it tastes like candy almost. It's hard to hard to describe. I tried to look it up and couldn't find the exact flavoring for it. But uh yeah, it's it's there. I don't I don't know that you need to try it necessarily, but it does exist. I feel like all of their ones are, are just constantly trying to like add more sugar. Like they're just like yeah. it's just more Mm-hmm. More sweet, whatever. It's just like somebody from the Pixie Stick factory had come by the Coca Cola yes. plant. It was holding. He's like a clumsy guy, and he uh, had like all the tops zipped off of him. He <laughs> was like, "Oh no!" And he like tripped, fell over the railing, yeah. went in there. He went like Joker style <laughs> in it. They were like, "I guess this is a flavor now." We call it dreams. We call it yeah, that's right. Yeah, dream flavored. Sure. So yeah, you're when, gonna you know do a, a trial sip. Sure. Yeah. Yep, just tastes like a, a rush of uh,
0: sugar, man. That's that really sounds good. That's really <laughs> all it is. Well, weirdly, that kind of fits into mine because I had bought these a while ago, and Brent, I told you off air about them uh, a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I've been, I keep forgetting about this being in my fridge. I've been meaning to try it on the show itself because I had such a wildly different idea of what this was and what it became when I actually tried it. But I figured this was a good episode to do it. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink a big red there's a lot of red symbolism in the matrix uh that we'll be talking about today um due to to tilly's threads and everything so um we are uh gonna try this right now i'm gonna try it right now um i what i what i imagined big red was i didn't grow up on big red i don't know it. i imagined more of like a cherry seven up sort of flavor just cherry i suppose with like Mm -hmm. carbonation but when i tried it recently and then now it's um Mm-hmm. it's almost like a certain type of like bubble gum from my childhood like a, a almost like a crappy bubble gum <laughs> and I'm not like a bubble gum flavor guy like you know yeah. if you go to the dentist especially as a kid they give you like whatever all that stuff and it's like oh you want bubble gum flavor it's like it's always like off it doesn't taste like candy this to me is just like sweetness to be sweetness
1: and uh mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of them but I think Brent when I mentioned it to you you are a fan, right? uh no i just remember having this when i was younger okay like it's it's okay you had left one up here mm-hmm. uh whenever you came to visit in uh in Ooh. early july and uh yeah it tastes like cream soda but kind of like weird that's what people say online that's what the official
0: thing is it's like cream soda and some i don't know and red i don't know what that is uh <laughs> you got red on you but uh yeah it's it just to me it's just like uber sweet and uh and i mm-hmm. do like I do like Coca Cola. Um, I have one of those as well because that's my actual drink of choice. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right now, because I'm back on sodas. But yeah, this big red was unexpected. And then I brought it up to Oklahoma. You had one, and my nephew was mm-hmm. there, and he devoured every every time he'd be like, "Oh my god, can I have another one? Can I have another one?" And he he liked all of them, so I didn't feel like I wasted them
1: at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, yeah, man, uh, just didn't expect it. So, do you think it should be amended like the Matrix, where Morpheus has the red pill and the blue pill, but he has like a big red and a big blue yeah you like could you, probably you must choose. i'm sure
0: there's like a photoshop out there somewhere because i also found out through this that they're all there is like big blue there's like other versions of this
1: i didn't mm-hmm. know existed so it's a whole soda world and then know. in a baller move neo is like i'll take a big yellow it was like pineapple flavored or whatever
0: yeah and then, and, then,
1: and then morpheus is just like i i don't which, i don't know i don't know what we do for me <laughs> yeah it would throw morpheus off
2: mm-hmm.
0: perhaps
1: um but yeah so it's there i don't know uh mm-hmm. I, I
0: will drink it throughout the show so that Brent doesn't feel like I wasted anything and, uh, and yeah, I to better. better by myself, yeah, but mm-hmm. um, all right, so with that, I'm just going to say we're jumping into this, so we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where today we are joined by a very special guest. We have tried for a long time to get on the show, uh, not due to her, she's been great during this, but uh, mm-hmm. Brent Brit mostly is the heir for this. He had a lot of life <laughs> yeah. events, you know, like trying to die and uh, yeah. all that stuff, but um, uh, Tilly, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
1: Excellent. Um, Ooh, no one's ever said that about the show. You'll regret <laughs> those words, I promise. But yes, thank you so much for making the time for us uh, multiple times because we had to reschedule because I decided to fall off the face of the earth and mm-hmm. then other life events and then, um, yeah, it was just a lot of uh, bouncing around the the schedule, but you are always accommodating and we yeah. really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today And uh, yeah. Uh, Also, I I can't go any further without commenting on the blanket that's behind you, which is dinosaurs, which I absolutely love.
3: Isn't it great? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: I'm. uh, I was immediately jealous once you hopped on the the Zoom with us. Adult blanket, Mm -hmm. blanket, like adult dinosaurs. Like it looks fancy
3: it's Man. it's it's kind of fancy right it wasn't yeah. super expensive but we saw it we were like no we have to have that yeah Let's
0: absolutely <laughs> so this is great because we have this little uh questionnaire this little pop culture questionnaire uh to get to know people and we're trying to introduce this uh a guest had kind of introduced this previously on an episode things that we talk about are things that we brought up on the show before um and kind of give us a gauge of things dinosaurs Straight off the bat, yeah, we're, mm-hmm. that, that's a connection right there, that's great, so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Brent, you, I know you had some questions uh, you wanted to start out with, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so our, our previous guest that we had on, back on episode 247, I believe it was, is uh, Liz Wilson, she was a listener of the podcast, she came on the show, and she had a, like Steven was saying, a, a list of things pop culture related to help us get to know her a bit better, so this is the Liz Wilson Get to Know Me Via Pop Culture Questionnaire. So, if you have no answer for any of these questions, not a big deal. Uh, but I figured we would go through here and, and see what your responses might be. Uh, do you have a favorite Avenger?
2: Hmm. Um.
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I really like Miss Marvel. Um, okay. She's technically not an Avenger yet, I suppose, but um, I adore her. Um, and you know, I really like um. The new uh, Black Widow, Yelena, although again, she's probably mm-hmm. going to be more of a villain than an Avenger. But uh, right now, those are probably my two favorites.
2: Okay.
1: Great. Uh, answers, what about a, a favorite Jedi?
3: Mm, <laughs> I got to go, Ray. I know Rey. that's controversial with the new sequels. <laughs> people have opinions, but I connect very deeply with her. So,
1: Rey is awesome. That's good. good choice. Will, yeah. Do you have a favorite ninja turtle
3: i was always partial to michelangelo
1: yeah excellent yeah all right what about a favorite spider-man actor
3: um actually i'm uh just last night we we uh re um far from home yeah the second one the second and, one uh mm-hmm. it reminded me how much i really love uh tom holland Um, Mm -hmm. not that I dislike the others, but I think there's a real earnestness and enthusiasm to him, uh, more so than in the others. And so, uh, every time I see him, I kind of fall in love with his Peter Parker all over again. So it's, it's probably him.
1: Nice. Yeah. I love
0: Tom Holland in that role. The others are great, but yeah, yeah, this, he's just that earnestness Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. That enthusiasm. You just see it on his face. He seems excited to actually be Spider-Man. Yeah.
3: Right. He's just the perfect amount of dorky. I totally like yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Awesome. <laughs> now, this one is a two-parter. So, who is your favorite Batman? And then, who is your favorite Bruce Wayne, actor-wise? Mm,
3: that's tough because I'm not a huge Batman fan. But, oh um, my God.
1: We just became best friends, I think.
3: <laughs> I'm much more I, into yeah. Superman. I'm a giant Superman fan. But, um, okay. Let's see. My favorite Batman. Okay, this is also going to be kind of controversial, but I really liked, uh, well, oh gosh, which way would I go? I really liked Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I'm not sure that the movies he appeared in utilized him as well as he could have been, but I really liked um, the way he moved. uh, I don't know, he felt more like the comic Batman to me than a lot of the others do. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as Bruce Wayne's, Boy, that's tough. Actually, I really liked, I can't remember his name now, but I liked the kid that was on Gotham. I thought he was really oh. good. So I don't even know who played it. Yeah, I never watched Gotham. I can't, re- I can't remember what his name was at the moment. I'm sorry, actor, but you were great, and I, I liked <laughs> you. So.
1: He was like a young Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Is it that one? Okay. I was trying yeah. to look it up in
0: time, but I can't find it yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I never watched that show but uh brent is mm-hmm. not yeah i'm i'm a big batman fan not a like huge but i like the movies a lot uh brent recently revealed to me that he's not a huge batman fan actually mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that you guys have a little connection there that's good mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i don't so dislike I was
0: gonna, batman i just sure.
3: have others that i prefer you know? Right, right right same
1: yeah this yeah. is this is where i'm at with it like I, I don't uh i don't hate the character by any means but i'm also kind of burnt out on this uh this lack of charisma that uh, that Batman has, you know?
3: There is a lot of Bat content, um, lot, <laughs> since, yeah. you know, it always does mm-hmm. well, so they keep making so much more of it. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it's, it's hard to get excited about another new Batman thing when there's been so many, I feel,
1: you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a time, I think about a year ago, where DC Comics... Like over fifty percent of the comics they were releasing in a month or two was Batman related, and yeah. it's just like that's that's a lot. That's that's too that's much. too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got like four Robins running around, and yeah, it's it's a lot. That's a lot, you know. Yeah, we talk a lot about the the DC EU, whatever they want to call it, the movies that they do, and
0: and they've had such a weird trajectory, and they've gotten even worse with people that are involved in stuff. And and the Batman, like, I always was a big fan of of the casting of, of Ben Affleck. I liked his Batman, but, yeah, I agree, like, his movies that he was in weren't maybe the best, uh, but it's been interesting to see that ride and everything. I don't know if he's planning to come back for any. I know Michael Keaton is supposed to in the Flash movie. We'll see what happens with that, but um, mm-hmm. it's been interesting how they've kind of all me you know, fallen out, I guess, if they've gone through the trying to put more movies out and stuff, so
1: mm-hmm uh, No, till you had mentioned being a big superman fan this was going to be my one of my questions for later in the episode but since we're here um i i saw in your wife's photo on twitter a while back i think that you had a superman shirt on so i was going to ask you uh if you were a superman fan it sounds like you are is there a particular version of superman that you go to is this uh via movies or tv or comics
3: um i first fell in love with the character through the comics. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a big fan of all of the, uh, a lot of the media anyway. Uh, again, with all of, it's not all great, but uh, you know it all has its moments, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you can get better than Christopher Reeve, which is the easy answer, but it's also true. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. so perfect in the role. I also, um, I really like Henry Cavill. Uh, I would like to see him get more opportunities to play the character in a role that i guess is more uplifting has more hope more positivity to it because i've seen him in other things and i've seen him talk about the character and how much he loves a character and i feel like he's got that in him and i would love Mm -hmm. to be able to see more of that um and i've also recently become a a pretty big fan of the new superman and lois show Mm -hmm. um tyler Hoechlin, who plays uh clark superman there uh I, it took me a little while to warm up to him, but now I really, really like him. Um, so uh, there's a—I mean, there's a lot of good, good Superman media out there. I think so. Oh. I'm—I'm—I don't know. I'm excited as a fan.
1: Okay, well, good because that's—that's kind of where I am. I haven't watched that that new uh, TV show, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Do you feel that Superman as a character is hard to tell stories with? Oh no,
3: not at all. I think it's only
1: difficult for people who
3: maybe don't understand him at his core, right? The way to challenge him is Mm -hmm. not physically. You challenge him emotionally. You, uh, you know, his greatest strength and his greatest weakness is that he cares so much about people and you can use Mm -hmm. that to manipulate him, to wound him. And uh, you can tell really amazing stories with that. And a lot of people have. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's really easy to write for him as long as you keep in mind that his compassion and his kindness are his greatest strength and not the powers.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that Superman is just a good dude? I think so. Thank you. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> Cosign. We've had so many discussions about these movies because we do a lot mm-hmm. of, like we, we did all the
0: MCU movies. We did all the DC movies. Sure. And a, a lot of comparisons, obviously, as they've come out and everything and how they've, Form, formed those and, and tried to like team up and all that stuff. And um Superman, like the Henry Cavill, I like him. I feel like he just hasn't gotten his movie. And so we talk about that a lot. Like it's that they don't understand the character. It seems like the filmmakers making those right now don't understand the character quite. And I'm not a huge Superman fan. Like I grew up with the movies, but I didn't know a lot about his lore and stuff. And um, I don't have like, a big connection to him, so I didn't really... I just take whatever they give me, that's fine. But Britt and, and his friend Ross gave me kind of a, an education of why... I you know how you could do a modern movie in a good way. And it's like they're just they're making them dark to make them... Because everything's kind of dark. All A lot of these superhero movies are dark, especially in DC. But it's just mm-hmm. not the way to, to do that character. And uh, I think there's so much, there's a better take out there from someone. You've, you've already spelled out some of it. And uh, I, I wish that we could get that. I don't know if we'll get that more from Henry Cavill or... Or someone else that Superman show I'd heard only brief things about. So I hadn't tried that yet. But yeah, I think there could be just a better version of that in the movies right now. So, mm-hmm. but uh I did look up as well. David Mazouz is the Batman, I think, from Gotham. This
3: guy. Yep, that's him.
0: Yeah, David Mazous is his name, and also uh, Tyler Hoechlin. I think it's um, the new Superman on the show. I didn't know who that was when I saw the pictures of him. I thought he looked pretty good in that role, but I know him from Everybody Wants Some, where he looks like this. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> with a mustache it takes place like in 1980 or 81 so Mm -hmm. he's like a a muscle bound you know kind of jerky like bully in the house or whatever and uh, I think it's so funny like uh, my mind couldn't compare the two at first I really had to like be like oh that is the same actor uh, so good on mm-hmm. him that he can do such different roles. But uh, I thought that was kind of fun that he has that mustache. I wish he could kept it. They could CG it out, you know, just like they did for Henry <laughs> yeah. Cavill. So, how could that go wrong? <laughs> yeah, you know, the technology is there. You know, <laughs> um, I wanted to attack on just a couple more questions of stuff we had talked about: uh, Mario or Sonic?
3: Oh, definitely Mario. I'm a big Nintendo girl.
0: Okay, right on. Okay. Uh yeah, we had a lot of discussions about that. Like I, I like Nintendo stuff, but I grew up Genesis, so so Sonic was my my main. Uh, Chips Ahoy or Oreo? Mm.
3: I'd probably go Oreo, even though I don't think Oreo makes the best Oreos. I think a lot of the uh, lesser oh. known brands of the same type taste better to me. So
0: That's interesting. I haven't had one, one of the alternatives in so long. I'm so used to those Oreos, but the the I I feel like I I always had the like at uh, church functions growing up. Um, they would always bring like the the alternate versions, you know, and yeah. I would fill up my plate with those. So yeah, need to get need yeah. to hit those back
3: up. Trader Joe's uh, has oh. their own version called JoJo's, and they're magnificent. So highly recommend.
0: Oh, I have to okay. try that. I haven't been to Trader Joe's in a while. I need to go
1: back. So they now I have a reason to, <laughs> to get not health food. But no. uh, fake Oreos, <laughs> yeah, that's the way I go. just went to Trader Joe's for the first time like two weeks ago, and I could not believe how much stuff is in there and also how narrow the aisles are. Yeah. Like, I feel, I, I get so, like, anxious in there. I, I just constantly <laughs> feel like I'm in the way, and I have the shopping cart. I'm just like, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry. <everybody. laughs> so I'm just, like, putting the cart inside the little freezer section or whatever. It's like, I don't I don't know if there's no space. There's literally no space in here. But it's fine.
0: Yeah, that's good why stuff I just there. pick up my groceries instead. It's easy. And then I, have I, don't to, I don't have to see people, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all the questions I had. Brent, any others for you? That was a good little get to know ya.
1: No, no. I think we can go ahead and move on to uh, to the main topic at hand if you'd like. That'd be excellent. Um, so, <laughs> Tilly. <you're>... Solar babies. <laughs> the... Oh, wait. No, sorry. <laughs> those to those outtakes. Uh,
0: so, we found your Matrix threads, which are all about uh, the Matrix all the movies, the quadrilogy, I guess, and the, and the animatrix being a trans allegory. And, um, I had kind of seen some of these because of our friend, but he, he definitely, um, you know, showed us the the way whatever to find your your info and uh Will Feesh is a, a listener of ours a friend of ours and he had read your threads about this. We had done the matrix for May. We were doing matrix uh watching all the movies and reviewing them. Thank you. Thank you for a
1: laugh. We Reddit did it, worked. it. We got one. We got it one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was always so dumb but we we stuck to it the whole mm-hmm. month but uh Yeah. I appreciate never, dumb
3: <clears throat> jokes. So
0: oh, that's excellent. definitely Oh, you're nice. in the Yeah. You've come to the right house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah so we we did all the movies when neither brent and i had had ever watched the animatrix before so we did those um we kind of watched things we didn't get to play a lot of the video games so we watched a lot of those really became a deep dive and i really grew mm. to love this series more than i ever had and then i read your uh threads about it which give a whole new level that i'd never understood i never i never saw myself right like Sure. Uh, I'm not a trans person, so I I didn't really understand that experience. I'm new to interacting with any trans people that I know of, and uh, I've been trying more online and everything. Um, and so it's given me a new viewpoint. And uh, again, like we were trying to get you on the show for so long and things kept pushing it back in our lives. And so I I watched the movies in May. We did a whole deep dive about, you know, the religious and, and romance uh, things in that movie, Whatever, there's so many different layers in that movie Yeah, and, or, and all those movies. And then I read your threads and rewatched them all preparing for the interview like a month or two ago. And then now we're we're finally here and I've I've kind of gone back to read some of the threads, but uh, and rewatched a little bit of it. But I've it's really given me a new viewpoint about it. And I'm so glad to have you on to explain, uh, you know, kind of all about this. So I don't know where you'd like to start. I mean, there's a lot of movies to cover and I know there's all your threads out there. But uh, do you want to give us a breakdown? I was I was curious of how you came up with your interpretation of this and why you wanted to put it out in the world is a big question of mine as well
3: um yeah that's a good place to start um so i came out uh publicly as trans in the summer of 2020 and um as part of doing that i felt a lot of trans people do not have any privilege in this society right um Mm -hmm. we we don't get the benefit that a lot of cis people do um, but as a white trans woman who did not lose any family or friends or jobs or anything when coming out, which is very unusual, um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of more privilege than many trans people do, especially trans women of color. Um, and so uh, I wanted to do something to use my privilege to help people. Um, and so what I started doing was what I call Trans Tuesdays. I would write a thread every Tuesday. Um chronicling my experience of transitioning and things that you don't notice in society if you're not trans maybe um and just all of the ways that your life changes uh when this happens and uh there's over a hundred of them now which is uh mind-blowing to me i never thought it would last that long um but Mm -hmm. not long after i started uh a lot of people started asking me about the matrix because they had heard it was a trans allegory it was made by two trans sisters, Lily and Lana Wachowski, who said it was intended to be a trans allegory. And so uh, a lot of people kept asking me about it and what that meant and what they were saying with this allegory. And so many people asked me about it. I thought, okay, I should do a Trans Tuesday about it. I should rewatch I was I've always been a big fan of the movies, but mm. I thought I'll rewatch it and so I can talk about what the allegory is saying. And I thought I would have one thread about the movie and it ended up being 24 threads about every movie that they've made. Um, because when I, I started watching the first movie, I had to pause it every 10 seconds to take notes because I found that the allegory went so deep. It spoke so specifically to the trans experience. And it had so much to say, and it just took that long to explain it all. And I don't... It's hard. Uh, I, I couldn't see it myself until i had already come out and been hmm. living out as trans um interesting i had always connected with the movies on a very deep level that i didn't fully understand uh until i had come out and watched them again and i was like this is why this these movies spoke to me so deeply in a way i couldn't put into words before um and so uh like when you said that you know you hadn't realized the the trans allegory was there when you mm. watched it before that's because you I didn't either beforehand because I didn't have that perspective. Um, So when you look at it knowing that it was intended to be that and I have my life experience to draw on, um, it all just sort of came together and I saw what they were trying to do Um, because, you know, I'm a writer, uh, which is why I tried to do these Trans Tuesdays. I thought that's the one thing I can do. I can Mm. write. I write all the time. Uh, My Mm. wife and I primarily write as a team writing fiction. Uh, screenplays television things like that but um so that gave me also a perspective that um some trans people don't have because they're not writers and so i can see sort of the i guess the code behind what they're doing mm-hmm. uh in terms mm-hmm. of writing and in terms of being trans um and so uh between the two of those it was just a really happy lucky thing i guess that i, I was in the right position to sort of um See what they were trying to do, and so I've done my best over a very long period of time and a whole lot of threads and some sixty thousand <laughs> words, uh, trying to explain uh, what these movies are saying to people in terms of the trans allegory.
0: Um. Yeah. So you already hit on uh, a few things. I, other questions, I guess I had is I didn't know you had mentioned in the threads that I I had read through the these um that the do you say Wachowski as well? Yeah. And not I, I. I always wonder if it's Wachowski or Wachowski, but uh, we can stick with Wachowski. So that's what I. That's what I always said. But I didn't know uh, what they had said in the past. You had mentioned that they had said this was a trans allegory. Can you speak to that? I couldn't really find much info about that. I was curious.
3: Um, I don't have anything off the top of my head that I can mention, but there have been uh, interviews and such with them mm-hmm. uh, where they mentioned that they intended it to be a trans allegory. I think it was Lily in. Uh, There was something on Netflix, it might have been the Disclosure documentary, but I'm not sure, don't quote me on Mm -hmm. that, Um, Mm -hmm. but where she had said that that was always the intent behind them. But of course, when the movies were made, they weren't out as trans. Mm -hmm. And if they were, um, would Warner Brothers have given them hundreds of millions of dollars to tell an intrinsically trans story? No, I don't believe they would have. This still doesn't happen today. Sure. Uh in mm-hmm. 2022 the major movie studios are not giving trans people that much money to tell our own stories so um it was uh i think they only got made because warner brothers didn't understand that that's what they were doing and i mean they work on a whole lot of other levels if you want to enjoy them as just a surface level sci-fi story they're great
2: mm-hmm. but there's
3: so much more to them than that and there's nothing else in mass media right now that speaks to or about trans people like these movies do um so uh they're really unique and they're really important to a lot of the trans community because they're um in terms of mass media they're almost all we have so yeah uh, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. And that was the other thing is I didn't know uh, prior to your threads, you know, how big this was known in the trans community or or, or talked about that it was kind of a trans allegory. Yeah. um And like you said, like you used your skills as a writer to put this out in the world as like a concrete idea, um you know, an interpretation of these. And uh, and it's it's so interesting because I, I think back whenever like I was growing up and reading in school and I didn't understand a lot of the things my teachers would tell me were the subtext amongst these things. And I'd always be like, well, did the writer really mean that? Like, did they use that color there? But when you read your threads there, they, it's like, it pops in your head. You're just like, oh, well, that makes sense. And especially the colors as they go throughout <laughs> yeah. the movies, the red and the blue, are the easiest ones, but like yellow, meaning fear and stuff. Like as you spread them out and you realize they build upon each other over and over again, especially in Resurrections. That was the last thread of years I read yeah. uh, right before this. And that movie, it, it, especially like you mentioned, they wouldn't have given them hundreds of millions of dollars to make these movies uh, had they been out, had they known it was a trans allegory at the time. But right. now it is 2022 or, and 2021 or whenever Matrix Resurrections came out, they are out as trans. They they still can't make that movie. It's still it's still the long coat for Neo instead of a dress. It's still like yep. it's still got to be removed a little bit from that. And you still have right. to read into that subtext. So even today, it's still lasting that way. But it is fascinating to me because it gives me a new version of this movie that I can watch whenever I do. And I'm like, oh, well, that meant something on a different level here. And uh, it just enriches the experience for a sci-fi series that I already really loved. So it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, good, good to do that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you bring up like my only uh, real complaint with uh, Resurrections is that there are there's only one trans actor in it. And I think he only has like two lines and you don't really know that he's trans if you didn't mm. look him up because he is a tiny little role with two lines. Right. And so mm-hmm. when you look at that, it's like, okay, so Warner Brothers was going to make a Matrix sequel whether either of the Wachowskis signed on or not. So they had a choice. I can do this the way I want to and make it work with everything we've done before or I can let someone else take control of it. And so Lana stepped up to do that. But even then they wouldn't let more trans people be in the movie. Right. Mm. And it's, and she only got to direct it and they've both of them have only been able to do everything they did after uh, coming out because of what they did beforehand, that they were already established. Mm -hmm. People knew their work. Right. Because now how many trans directors can you name? How many trans actors can you name? Maybe a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's still uh, a very big uphill battle. Um, My wife and I have run into this a lot. Uh, in our own writing careers, because uh, we like to put trans people into our work. We like to tell stories about them because there aren't enough, but we're always pitching them to cis white men who Mm -hmm. don't connect with it and don't understand it because it's not their experience. And so getting past that barrier to get more trans stories out there is a really difficult thing and if you know even if the wachowskis are struggling to do it what hope do us little uh right. <laughs> you know nobodies have so um it's it's a weird situation it was it's kind of a miracle that resurrections got made uh the way it did and came out as amazing as it did it's um i don't know i'm so glad they they made it though because it uh, to me if that ends up as the end of the series it finishes it uh, absolutely mm-hmm. perfectly. So I couldn't have asked for a better ending.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed Resurrections. I've heard, like, people personally that I've met, um, it's kind of 50-50. Some people really just don't. It's like a whole different vibe. It's a whole different look than the other yeah. series, the others in the series. But I I don't know. It's not even the trans thing. I, even just when it came out and before I read your, your threads, it was, it just hit me on a level that I really liked. I liked it, the good feeling of how it ends and everything and um, some of the process of how they get there and, like, the... The, the modal and like the different characters and stuff. I just liked the feeling of it. And then you get into the the transness of it as well. And it it, it fulfills that storyline so much better also. Yeah. And it just feels good. I like I like the ending a lot. And especially that they they not only made the movie, well Lana did, made the movie so that Warner Brothers wouldn't just do something and you know put something hacked up in there. But also that they like Lana was able to make it her way. And put out the ending that she would want to as much as she could and call attention to it in the movie itself when they talk about that. Right uh, with the video game. Like they're just gonna make the video game whether you, like it's such a even those levels are so great. Like I realize more and more how much I really like them and how genius their work is. Yeah. Uh, and I wanna explore more of it. I I mostly know them for the Matrix stuff and then Cloud Atlas I really like. But um I'm yeah, I, I there's so much more there I feel like to explore and they they always just seem to put a lot of layers in things, so it's it's been fascinating to to read your threads and then go back and see like yeah, that's probably true. It's probably working out like the way they they meant to, so.
3: Yeah, the thing ab- about uh like you said with the colors and and all of the other layers of uh, the allegory that we can get into and talk about, but uh when I did the first movie, I thought I was pretty sure that I had the right reading on it. But I got a little nervous when I started to do uh, Reloaded because I'm like, I wonder if this is going to hold true. Maybe I Mm -hmm. was completely off base and it won't work anymore. Uh, But not only did it work, it got stronger. And that happened through all of them. Even I I had finished writing all of my threads on the original trilogy before Resurrections came out, before I'd ever seen it. And then I got really nervous again. I'm like, oh, is it all going <laughs> to blow up now? Is it totally different? Was I Have I been wrong through three movies, even though that seems impossible because it never broke. It never stopped working. And then no, uh, Resurrections reconfirmed every single bit of it all the way through. So um, once you look at all of the evidence for it, there's really no way to think it wasn't intentional because mm-hmm. it's so specific in so many ways. And again, it would have it would have broken at some point if, yeah, if it yeah. wasn't right uh and instead it, it only ever reconfirms itself all the way through so um yeah it, they're i don't know they're geniuses it blows my mind as a writer even just how you can layer that many different things mm-hmm. into it 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 blows my mind
0: yeah i had never really been a big fan of the sequels i really liked the first movie a lot and then i was pretty content that it just ends with Neo as Superman and he can fly away. And I was like, that's a fine story. Like I, I don't need more. And then it took a while to come out with more. And then they, it was like a a war story sort of instead. And like, I just never liked the, the way they went with the whole lore, the whole world building. And it took me like years and like a rewatch and stuff. And then Resurrections actually kind of helped me to rewatch it and, and be like, Oh, I, I liked the way the story went. And I, as a grand sci-fi story, I just really got into it. Um, And then I, I, I think it also it took like well, Cloud Atlas had come out since then, and I really liked that. I was seeing other movies that were kind of similar in different veins, that I was like, oh, I like this movie for this reason. That's fine. Like, so these could be okay. Uh, And then the more and more I, I researched them, from your threads to just researching the movies where you we were watching, I'm just like, oh yeah, there's so many, there's so much good in this. And I ended up this this year, I've seen these movies like so many times, especially the sequels, way more than I ever did. And it's kind of nice. It's like I forgot that I really liked them. Um, and now I want to go like uh, somebody had recommended Sense8. I never watched Sense8 that they had Sense8 produced Sense8 is on, great. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, I hear great things about it. I never watched it, so I need to hit that up. Um, like I said, Cloud Atlas, I always really liked you. Do you like Cloud Atlas as well?
3: I do. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I haven't seen it in a few years, but when it came out, I thought it was just epic and I like the music a lot. It just, I like their stuff. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see this all kind of come out now and then uh and review it with you so um did you want to kind of go into some of the the nitty-gritty of the movies and some of those allegories and everything
3: yeah sure um okay um so each movie has its own allegory that speaks to a different part of the trans experience and they all sort of go in order with the way uh it goes as a trans person in your life so uh the matrix is about realizing and accepting that you're trans, and then choosing to transition to be your true self. Um, mm-hmm. Reloaded, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is about all the ways that society comes for you and tries to uh, end you, or legislate you out of existence, or even you know uh, want you dead uh, once you are out as trans, um, and then knowing that, wondering if you would have still transitioned, if you knew how hard life was going to become afterwards mm. and and realizing that you would, that no matter what, how difficult society makes it for us, it's still better to be ourselves than to live a lie. Um Revolutions is about dealing with our own internalized transphobia and uh, where we can go in the future uh, with a society that doesn't want us to exist and didn't account for our existence. Um And then, when you get to resurrections, uh, it's about detransitioning, which is when somebody who has transitioned uh, stops and goes backward. Um, that can happen for a number of reasons. Um, sometimes, very, very rarely, it's because someone discovered they weren't actually trans. A lot of times, and in what happens in resurrections, is that people detransition because life as a out trans person is too difficult. Um, you're afraid for your life all the time. You're afraid society is trying to take your rights away all the time, and it gets it's so hard to deal with that some people uh, just detransition. they stop. um but a lot of people who detransition retransition afterwards and realize they do need to live life with themselves, no matter how difficult it is. And that's what resurrections is about, um in addition to the way um trans voices are appropriated and then uh, Taken from us, and in many t- instances used to hurt us. Um, so that's sort of the basics of what those allegories are all about. Um, the The important thing to know is that Trinity is the real Neo. She is his self-actualization, hmm. uh, the person he wants to become. Uh, Morpheus is Neo's subconscious, who knows the truth and is always trying to communicate it to him. Um, A lot of other people also are aspects of uh, Neo's personality. Um, The Oracle is Neo's heart, uh, which is later replaced by Bugs in Resurrection. Um, uh, Cypher is Neo's doubt. Uh, Later Link becomes Neo's doubt, although it's a different kind of doubt. Not all doubts are the same. Uh, Bugs also fills that role uh, in Resurrections. Um, Niobe is Neo's confidence. Um, Locke is Neo's fear Bane is Neo's own internalized transphobia um, Smith, uh, in the first movie he's sort of the passive transphobia of society, a society that didn't account for our existence but once he's aware of trans people he becomes active transphobia the kind of, the part of society that recognizes our existence only so they can try to remove us mm-hmm. from society Um Red, as we talked about the colors, uh, red always, always, always stands for truth. Blue is always doubt. Uh, Yellow is fear and combinations of those colors work also all the way through. The first uh, three movies have that green overcast because green is blue and yellow, doubt and fear. That's what society, transphobic society is based on (laughs) what life is like for us uh, living in that full of cis people that are full of doubt and fear about us um that's the stuff that i'm like that makes total sense like when you read your threads and it's like well that yep
0: damn it that does make sense and every
3: time you see like purple show up it's it's doubt but truth at the same time Mm. and you can always figure out what they're trying to say if you pay attention to the way that the colors are are working uh and where they put them and how they're showing them um and yeah these things hold all the way through so um when you know those things, uh, it changes your entire interpretation of the movies. Like when I watch them, it's all I can see now because it's mm. it's the bedrock that everything else in the movies is built on. So um,
0: you can see the Matrix, yeah. You can't. <laughs>
2: you can't, you can't look away now.
3: <laughs> yeah, like for me,
0: and coming at it from my viewpoint uh, as like a cisgender white male, like. Yeah. I, I saw it one way and I still see that way, but your threads really have opened it up and it's, it's hard not to see it anymore. Um, especially the, the colors. Like I wanted to say as well that your, your threads, I, I find Twitter, uh, it's my main social media. I, I find the thread thing is comforting to me. It's like a good way to read something. It's a good little, mm-hmm. little information, but you can have a whole big story or whatever. Um, and so I like the way that you do that, but you also do a lot of screenshots. And when you yeah. do that and you see these things, it's like, it's one thing to talk about the colors, or to rewatch the movie with that and knowing that in mind. But if someone just lays it out and they're like, see this color here and that color there and that color there and you're like, it's, you know that the Wachowskis did not go into this lightly. They they are master filmmakers and so you know that they are putting these things in there for a reason. There's nothing on screen that they didn't mean to be there. They're that type right. of filmmaker. And so you know, like when they're there, like it means something and your threads really help to get that info across. Um, and I find them, they're they're very long, but they're, They're almost like each thread, every time you go to a new tweet, you're like, well, I just want to go to the next one. I want to see the next story. Uh, They're so well written. So, um, yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend anybody to go do a deep dive into that. I'm so glad you're here to explain kind of as much as you can here. But there's so much more, like you said, like you try to do one thread about the entire series and then you have to break it all down. There's so
1: much to it. So, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Is there a particular character that you gravitate toward over another or do you? Like several of them, like, uh, yeah, that, that question. But like, good, you know what I'm saying? That's, um, I had a brain bleed. I had a brain bleed. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Uh,
3: yeah. That's actually really, uh, not a question I can answer because to me, so the entire point of them is the trans allegory and mm-hmm. the story that they're telling about trans people is so deeply personal to me and means so much to me as a trans person and a writer, um, and so I see all of these characters, almost all of them are just aspects of Neo. Mm-hmm. So when people ask if I have a favorite character, I'm like, well, my favorite character is Trinity because Trinity is all of those characters put together in one, but they're all part of the same person. So there's not really one that I like more of the other. It would be like saying, I like my confidence more than I like my subconscious. <laughs> and that doesn't really make sense. So, um, <laughs> you know, I uh, they're all different aspects of the same person. So... Um, that's a that's a question I have uh, a lot of difficulty answering.
1: Well, I'm glad I could bring that to light. Uh, so <laughs> we we strike that one from the record. That's that's no problem there. Uh, Stephen, uh, what other questions do you have? Yeah, I had some other specific things. Um, let's
0: see. Well, for one, uh, through your threads, uh, this is kind of related to the matrix and what you had talked about, um, and then some stuff I learned because I. I grew up Christian. I'm no longer Christian. I'm an atheist. I, I grew up conservative and all these things and my family's still that way. Um, So I'm trying to be better about understanding, you know, like pronouns and stuff and why that's Mm -hmm. important. Like, it's because of you that I have pronouns on my Twitter bio now. Um, Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And it's once I had it under, uh, I think, I think you had a thread about pronouns as well. I was trying to find it this morning. Mm -hmm. Is that
3: right? Uh, There's one it's about um, names and pronouns. Yeah.
0: Names and pronouns. Right. And like dead naming and stuff. Right. I didn't quite understand this, this whole world and why it meant something to a trans person so much or why it matters to put your pronouns out there or whatever. And you, you helped me understand that in a way that it's like, it's, it's just someone saying like, this is who I am. And can you just respect that? It's really simple exact concept right um yeah. so my my question though is um specifically in the in the matrix there's like the Mr. Anderson versus Neo yeah. um uh, agent smith constantly dead names Neo that way uh, right. which I, I found so interesting uh it's another mm-hmm. like aspect to it that makes sense once you have that in perspective that that allegory in perspective but otherwise i just always thought it was it was always like a disrespectful thing he's calling him that it's mm-hmm. his not chosen name but i didn't understand it on a level of of why it needs to be a basic decency of why you put that out there and why you respect someone else's pronouns or names or whatever. Um, I had a question for you as a, as a trans person though, if you could just enlighten me maybe or, or any of our listeners that are still new to this and are trying to do better in the world and, and understand people. Um, if you're referring to someone in the public space um, specifically here, I always think about Elliot page yeah. and Elliot page had a body of work as a female under a different name and I've always wondered about how to refer to him in the past. Do I, do I reference Juno starring Elliot Page? But that's hard if I'm talking about it because it's like a pregnant woman in that movie, pregnant girl. Um, and so I, I didn't know if you could enlighten me for your experience of that, of, of how you would interpret uh, death naming like celebrities that have changed. Caitlyn Jenner, for instance, or, or, or uh, Elliot Page.
3: So as far as that goes, uh, when a trans person uh, comes out and tells you their new pronouns, um, their new name, those are all you should ever use going forward. Um, So with Elliot Page, it's still fine to say that Elliot Page played the role of, and then you can name the character and say Mm -hmm. that the character was, you know, a pregnant woman, and that's fine. But um, the, the, the dead name and the old pronouns were never who Elliot Page was. That was mm. the false costume they had to put on because society said, this is who you are and who you have to be. And so mm. if you go back to using those, it's just it's disrespectful and mm. uh, it's really, really painful for a lot of trans people. So um, once somebody changes those things, um, that's the only way that you should refer to them in the future. It's like like um, for people who change uh, CIS people who change their names when they get married, uh you w- mm. even if you're talking about them in the past you wouldn't just suddenly use mm. their old last name you would yeah. use the name they have now and um, that's all it is it's just the basic oh this is who you are now so this is what i will call you from now on
0: yeah and you i think that was in your thread that you that was what clicked with me was because like, you you also um have been enlightening for for me and i hope a lot of other people anybody that reading your thread your trans tuesday threads of just what it's like to be like to transition and then to yeah. to have that life that life now and you sh- you've been gracious enough to share your previous life and you showed a, a picture one time and i i almost mm-hmm. i knew you this way and i was like yeah. i don't want to even know that way almost because of this and it, it was because yeah. of your thread because you said like You've always been this. The other mm-hmm. was the mask and the yeah. fake. And that's like, oh. So Elliot Page has always been th- what what Elliot Page looks like now in in his mind has always been there. Yeah. And has always been Elliot or whatever name he was. I don't know, you know, if he had that name in mind or whatever, but um yeah, and that's what I was like, oh, like that's so easy that the 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 married name thing it really helps, I think, because if you if you reference someone that way, it would be so confusing to people like this is who mm-hmm. they are now. This is right. not who they are now. That like that's a way I can try to help my conservative family kind of bridge that gap and understand why this is right. important.
3: And there's also yeah. a lot of instances where like um cis people don't go by what the name is on their birth certificate. Um a good example is, you know, uh, uh, somebody who's named uh, William, but they go by Bill. Sure. And if they say, call me mm-hmm. Bill, that's my name, right? Until so you call them. Mm-hmm. But if you call them William, they're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? That's right, not right. what mm-hmm. I asked you to call me. That's disrespectful. I don't like that name. Call me this instead. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's just the, the same basic, uh, yeah, you know, respect for who people tell you they are that um, sure. everybody else gets. That's all we want
0: yeah it seems so yeah. simple when you when you put it
1: that way like it is it is <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh Brent did you have a a name question as well i I do and um I'm on a hot streak of asking <laughs> terrible questions so feel free to just shoot me down <laughs> no here but
2: questions.
1: I, I I do have a question about um uh choosing or uh, I guess just uh, dis- I I don't want to get there. I feel like I'm moments away from getting canceled, so forgive me. But uh, how a, a an adult has uh, uh, takes on a, a new name or, or the name they feel suits them, if that makes sense. Um, it, can you uh, discuss that that process, or is this something that varies person to person? If if this is the name that you uh, felt was true to you. Um, for years before coming out?
3: Um, no, I ha- did not have this uh, name in mind for years before coming out. Um, mm-hmm. My whole acceptance process was very unique. Every trans person's is different, uh, but mine mm-hmm. took a very long time for a, a variety of reasons. So f- there were several, probably like five years at least, where I suspected I was trans, but I knew that if even if I was and I was going to transition, I wouldn't do it until this certain... Thing happened in my life that i had to get past first and mm. so i was in no rush even though i didn't want to be in the wrong body giving me horrible gender dysphoria uh, i knew that there was just this date i couldn't do anything until and so it gave me a lot of time to explore things very very slowly and figure it all out but names mm. are deeply personal to everyone um mm. every trans person who has uh, a new name. Uh, has an entirely different method for how they came to it some people pick Mm -hmm. um sort of another version of their name like if if uh they were assigned male at birth and they were named steven they might be like i will be stephanie now because Mm -hmm. some people do that some take names from relatives or uh fictional characters that meant a lot to them uh Mm -hmm. or help them in their uh journey of discovering they were trans um There's there's just so many different ways. Um, And for me, it was just about exploring. I thought of a ton of different names and I was just like, does this one feel like me? Does this one not feel like me? How is this one? I'm not sure. Um, There were things about my dead name that I liked, even though I hated the name itself. And so I found a new name, uh, my true name, that uh, kept parts of the things from the old one that I liked and got rid of all the stuff that I didn't. Um, Mm. so, uh, it's just, I, yeah, it's so, such a deeply personal, unique story for every individual person, but I found it to be Mm -hmm. one of the most empowering things. That I did as part of my transition because I was like, this is the right name. This is me. And there are, uh, you know, even cisgender people who change their names uh, for a variety of reasons. And I, I I encourage like everybody to think about it because like you were given this name at birth, right? You were not asked about right. your name, which is exactly how uh, genders go. You are assigned one at birth. Nobody asks you. Because they can't, but they don't wait right. and let you figure it out on your own. They, our society gives you one and puts you into this little box that you never asked to be put in. And so mm-hmm. um, I encourage everybody, including cis people, to think about that. Maybe your name doesn't fit you, and maybe another one would, and how would that feel? If there was this other name that was so much more you, it changes the way you think about yourself. It changes the way you feel about yourself and the way you interact with the world. So uh, Mm -hmm. it's a really powerful thing that I encourage everybody to just think about and explore. There's nothing wrong with thinking about it and looking at other names and being like, what would it be if like, if that was my name, you know, you Mm -hmm. try it out and you think about it and it does weird, weird things in your brain. It's really cool.
1: Mm -hmm. I I do find that whole aspect of it exciting to where you are a fully actualized person and then knowing what you know now and and being experienced out there in the world, especially with our ability to speak like we are now over the internet and getting to know people and uh, understanding that different um, countries and, uh, you know, places of origin have their own names and and that type of thing. I, I do think that's very exciting. I hate my name. My name is Brent. It sucks. No one gets it right. They call me Brent, Brandon, Brian, Brad. See, you, you know, hate that, right? Yeah, you hate me it. It sucks, you know? And there was yeah. one time where I actually saw the opportunity to change my name sell past me like after it was already done. It was when my wife and I were going to the courthouse to sign our marriage certificate. <laughs> By the way, we had like one of the biggest blow up fights on the way to the courthouse to, to sign this marriage certificate that we ever had and we were both like pissed off in line or whatever. But they have a sign <laughs> (laughs) That and I don't know if this is just in the great state of Oklahoma or if it's everywhere. But as you as you sign the certificate, that like I had signed the thing. It was just my name. I wasn't changing my name at that time. And uh, the the lady at the courthouse said, "Oh yeah, so uh, you would just sign like whatever you want your new name to be." And I was like, "For both of us?" And she was like, "Yeah." I was like, shit! I could have been dinosaur man just right now, and I did not have the opportunity. But, um, but yeah, I, I do find that that whole aspect fascinating um, to an extent. Like, if if my co-host Stephen here said, you know what, from now on, I'm just going to be Steve, I'd be I'd be a little bit sus, you know. Like, how much time are we saving on cutting off that end, you know? <laughs> but you would respect it at the end me. of the day. I think, I, of course, you, I would respect it. Been called but... the wrong name so many times, you really hate Brett i hate yeah and it's not like i i do think that brett is a better name i don't know why there's an N in it like there's brett and there's trent i don't know why there needs to be a brent you know so yeah i like it you though. know Man, but if you well, don't feel it this is your opportunity mm-hmm. yeah to explore that you can that. change I feel it like
3: anytime exactly
0: you are yeah, an adult. Like, yeah
1: yeah this is true well, this is I true i don't know brett's really well good yeah <laughs> legally speaking yeah <laughs>
0: i do like that though and i feel like that's part of the like from my experience growing up in that conservative religious household and stuff it and my interpretation of what a lot of the anti-trans or you know any transphobic person out there or the the violence against trans people right now it's 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 challenging their worldview much like going back to the matrix stuff obviously this is all like that society like the matrix itself is like society and it's like telling Mm -hmm. you the ways to be and to question those things, to question your own name, it's almost like I feel like my parents would be like, "Well, we gave you your name. I'm named after my dad. They're like, well, you're named after your dad. Why would you want to change that?" And it's it's just questioning it. It's just being who you really are. It's it, it doesn't really challenge them, but it chal- it feels like it challenges their whole worldview. And as I've gone to college or as I've met more people in the world, like I'm in Houston, so I've met a lot of a lot more international people here. Because uh, of oil businesses and stuff, bring people from all over the world. People online, like I realize more experiences in that. Every question I've ever come across, like reading your threads and and experiencing more of the trans life through the internet, I've you know everybody questions anything, but I'm like I don't feel like I'm really trans, like that's not a path. But it allowed me to at least question anything. I can question whatever I want about what society Mm. tells me i want to i need to be or just how my life is like i do this thing because i do this thing but do i really want to be doing this anymore or whatever exactly Um, and it's not scary anymore and it's never about a threat to people it's just about trying to be yourself and then being respected for being yourself i think that's like the bridge i try to take from this to help to try to help me explain it to other cisgender people of you know that might not have the experience with that and are trying to learn and, and and understand it better um, that it's just about being yourself at the end of the day and then respecting that for other people. That should be pretty simple,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. And it's um, that's one of the things that um the Matrix movies do re- really well because if you look at it, okay, so Neo is trying to become Trinity. That's I mean, they they look so similar, and that's on purpose. Um, they mm. were cast that way on purpose. Mm. Um, but if you look at he's just a person. Who does not agree with what society said he should be and he just wants to live his true life right that's all he wants is just to be himself um and look at everything across all four of those movies that society does to stop him and all of that real trans people go through um you know they're they're legislating to keep us out of sports to keep us out of public bathrooms florida has introduced a a bill to um criminalized health uh, healthcare for trans kids uh mm-hmm. texas has been um you know uh going after parents who support their trans kids in the care that they need. And it's life-saving care in in a vast majority of these cases. The suicide uh, rate Mm. for trans people is so high and it's because of society, not because being trans is difficult, but because society makes it so hard for us. There's something like, I think it was like 82% of trans people contemplate suicide and about 40% attempt it. And those those numbers are those percentages are higher among children uh, who are not affirmed in their homes, who are told, no, you're wrong. You can't be this, you must stop, because they feel there's no way out. And gender dysphoria is so awful and it can be so painful that it's impossible to live with for a lot of people. Um so you know, that's what what you're seeing through the movies, through Smith and Society. Um, you see through the original trilogy, how it spreads. Uh, he's transphobic. He takes over other people. He spreads his hate to others until it encompasses mm-hmm. all of society. And that's what Neo ends up fighting, right? So it's it's so hard um, in so many ways. And all we want is, like you were saying, just the basic respect of being allowed to exist as our true selves. We're not hurting anybody else. Right. Um, right. We're not trying to force you to be trans. But one thing that's really that I think is really interesting is if, even if you're positive you're cis, if you stop and think about what it would be like if you were trans, what would it be like if you were a trans person and you, or non-binary or what have you, but not the gender that you were assigned at birth. And if you explore that, in many, many, many cases for cis people, what that does is reaffirm that you are cis that you mm-hmm. know. It's not dangerous. It's like, wait a minute, I am. This is right. I am you're a right. man or I am a woman. And that's really cool um, because then you get to know yourself better. And uh, one of the, the the really cool things that you can do is that cis people can experience a tiny little taste of gender dysphoria. If you think about how you would feel, uh, you're both uh, men, right? Mm-hmm. So think mm-hmm. about putting on a dress, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: looking in the mirror, having somebody do makeup on your face. How would that feel? If that makes you feel weird and kind of bad, you're getting a little taste of gender dysphoria. And imagine Mm -hmm. that 24 hours a day, every day of your life, but even worse because every person you see is gonna call you miss or Mm -hmm. Mm ma'am. They're gonna call you a name that's a woman's name, that is not who you are inside. And all of it compounds one on top of the other. And it's just, it's this like 500 pound weight crushing you to the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also can do the opposite. Like one of the greatest things about being trans when you figure it out and you transition is that you get to experience the opposite of gender dysphoria, which is gender euphoria, where you feel so at home in your body and so Alive and real, that it just washes over you this complete amazing joy. And cis people can have this too. You just don't know that's what it is. If you have uh, a tux that you love, or a suit that you love, or any piece of clothing that you put on, you're like, you feel confident, you feel good, you feel like you could take on the world right now. That is gender euphoria. You are being affirmed in your gender, and you feel at home you feel this is right this is me this is the world i can do anything that's gender euphoria and cis people can have it just as easily as trans people do
1: i i love that term i wrote it down as a (laughs) as a episode title steven i love that you don't hear about that enough like Mm -hmm. it's just i just want everyone to be happy and 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 comfortable with who they are yeah um, and then we can team up and tear down the pop culture <laughs> we hate. Let me tell you what. What's going on with this Flash movie? I got questions. Um, yeah, I I felt like I was going to say something else, but well, it left my brain almost immediately. I have some uh,
0: response to that because mm-hmm. I find it interesting. This is one of the things that I question about. or I'm trying to question more in my life. Again, just, you know, how we've grown up, whatever. When you, when you said that, and I tried to picture myself in a dress or having makeup put on me, and my wife is a really into like youtube beauty stuff she paints her nails Mm -hmm. all the time like she's painted my nails i like uh, that's kind of fun i've talked about going with her to get like pedicures or manicures or whatever Mm -hmm. just for the the pampering aspect but those things and when you mention it it's like i do have this uh, my initial reaction based on like whatever how life society tells us or whatever my life is like i my initial reaction is like no that's wrong like oh well i'm not allowed to wear makeup like that's my first thought and then it's like i can wear Mm -hmm. makeup Like I can have a beard and wear makeup. I can do whatever I want. Like Mm -hmm. anybody can do whatever makes them feel better or try something, right? Like that's totally fine. And it's like weird. That's where I'm like, well, why am I feeling that way? That's going to lead me to a question later on where I'll like, I'll explore that because it's fine and it's good to explore those things. And it might Mm -hmm. just affirm to me, like you said, that I am just who I am and this is what I actually like and not just what I was forced to like. Um, and that's yeah. okay, but it's not scary to question those things and, and to explore that. And uh, yeah, so that's that's great.
3: Yeah, it's important to know why you like what you like. And mm-hmm. if it's because yeah. you were told to and it's not what you really believe, then you should change and find the things that really make you happy. But you may find that what you like is what really makes you happy. You're like, no, I really right. love this. And then you know. So it's all just about getting to know yourself better and why you are who you are Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to know that it is okay whoever that person ends up being you could be a cis guy who loves wearing male clothing you could be a cis guy who loves wearing women's clothing you could be a cis guy who loves wearing makeup you could be a non-binary person maybe you're not male or female maybe some days you feel more like one or the other maybe you feel like you have no gender a gender Mm -hmm. is a totally thing i'm not a man or a woman and i'm just I don't have a gender and that's, Mm. some people are like that and that's fine. You can be Mm. anything. And, you know, we're getting to a point in society where, and I think now where we're seeing so much uh, pushback and hate against the trans community, because right before this, we had what maybe might've been the most accepting that society has ever been of trans people. They were starting to get to a point where it was like, it was okay to just be whoever you are. And the more we come out, the bigger the target on our backs get, the more of us, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like there are suddenly more of us in existence, but acceptance became more normalized. And when that happens, more trans people feel safe to come out because it is really not safe for a lot of us in a lot of parts of this country or world, Mm -hmm. home life, jobs. uh, it, It can be really dangerous to tell people that you're trans. So when it feels like the danger is lessened more people will come out um one of my favorite examples of this is that uh there's this chart that shows left-handedness in people over time Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. used to be the percentage of population was really really low and then uh in the mid 1900s it shot up way high and it's been steady ever since and why did that happen are there suddenly more left-handed people no nothing makes you left-handed but being left-handed was stigmatized for a long time it was thought to be you know like the devil's work or whatever right, and right. They, they forced you to learn how to do things with your right hand uh you're just born that way it's just how you are there's nothing wrong with it and so there wasn't suddenly more left-handed people it was just safe for them to say guess what i write with my left hand and that's me and so that's why the now, the percentage of trans or non-binary people seems to be greater than before, but it's just because more knowledge about us is getting out, more people can realize they're trans. And if they feel safe to tell the world,
2: mm-hmm.
3: then it looks like there's suddenly becoming more of us. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, but there's not, it's just, you know, we're just a part of the population. Some people are red haired and some people have brown eyes and some people are left-handed right. and some people are trans and some people are
2: cis. <laughs> That's how it yeah. goes. <laughs>
1: it's it's so wild to think that left-handed people were ostracized back in the day but you know i hope we get to the that point for trans people as well where it's just like oh people didn't used to like them like why you know yeah i guess what is the goal right like it's just a general
0: acceptance and it's not even
3: a big deal anymore kind of thing yeah i mean yeah because if if you get to that point then i can't even tell you how life-changing that would be for trans people because like for me i transitioned as an adult right just a few, mm-hmm. few years ago i said i came out in 2020 um but i've been trans my whole life and living with mm-hmm. dysphoria my whole life for so long not even knowing that's what it was and that's why i felt so awful all the time i excuse me i didn't even know that trans was a thing that people could be until i was mm-hmm. well into my adulthood right but But like when you see now with trans kids, when you are in a home that allows you to explore these things as a kid and figure out who you are and are affirmed, you can save them a lifetime of pain, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that that is life-changing. Because, you know, for those of us who transition as adults, we go through the wrong puberty. Um, Mm. so because I didn't know I was trans until well past puberty and transitioned as an adult, uh, I have a deeper voice. I have a, uh, wider jaw. I have broader shoulders. Mm. I'm taller. I have more body hair. I have to deal with facial hair. And if I had known I was trans as a kid and been allowed to explore that, uh, I wouldn't have to deal with any of that. Right. Right. There are still other issues that you may have to deal with, but all of these parts of my body that. Contributed to my gender dysphoria could have been avoided. And that's one of the uh, brilliant parts of the matrix that they show you is that uh, everybody in the matrix who's a trans person that transitioned as an adult like Neo, they have modifications to their body that have been made that they didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Represented by all of those ports and tubes where all of the cables connect to them in the matrix, right? Their bodies have been irrevocably changed. They can't take those out. They cannot change them. Even when they are awakened out of the matrix and are being their true selves, uh, those parts of their body are still there. And, you know, there are uh, gender confirmation surgeries, but there's only so much you can do. There's, mm-hmm. Nobody can make my shoulders less broad, Um I've been in voice therapy for two years to work on my voice and making me sound more like the way I want to, and less like a cis man, but no hormones can do anything about that. Mm -hmm. It's all work, uh, that I have to put in and it's really hard. Um, so there's so much about a more accepting society that would make life like just immeasurably better for every Mm -hmm. trans person, um, that you wouldn't have to deal with these things. So, uh, I mean, that's another great thing that, um, that I use as an example when people uh, don't understand, well, Florida is going to uh, make it impossible for even trans adults now to get uh, hormone replacement therapy if they're on Medicaid, and that's forcefully detransitioning them.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: people don't really understand what that means. And so imagine both of you right now, you're men, mm-hmm. you're out here, you have testosterone. Imagine somebody coming to you and forcing you to take medicine that blocks your testosterone and then adding and introducing estrogen into your body. Mm
2: -hmm. Because
3: that's what forcefully detransitioning people does. It puts them through the wrong puberty and sends them onto the wrong hormones. So both of you, uh, it would redistribute the fat under your skin uh, to be more soft so that you look more soft like women do. You would start to develop breasts. Your body hair growth would slow. Um, you would go through all of these body changes that you don't want, that make you feel awful and terrible because they're not who you are. And so when you deny pe- uh, trans people their their uh, right to transition and be themselves, especially with hormone replacement therapy, that's what you're doing. You're forcing the wrong hormones into their body and forcing their body through changes that they don't want that harm them. Um, and so... Uh, I think I think a lot of cis people just don't know that or understand that that Mm -hmm. imagine what, look up what estrogen does to the body and see what it would do, because it would do that to you. It's done that for me, it does that for every trans woman who takes it. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's not that hard to understand when you if you just take a few minutes to actually think about what it means and what that would do to your body.
1: Mm -hmm. That sounds terrifying. I mean, it sounds
0: terrifying that someone Mm -hmm. could make that choice for you exactly
1: yeah yeah my body barely produces testosterone as is so i i totally (laughs) understand um i do have a question about like anytime someone is putting up the argument against trans people sports always gets brought into the Mm -hmm. equation for some reason like fuck sports like why is this such a big part of the the whole conversation like i I don't care who plays basketball you're playing for points points doesn't get anything for me like I don't understand. I understand people are, have their own sports teams that they're fans of or whatever. But in the the macro sense of life on this planet, like sports should not factor into people being who they are or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, but let's just leave that out of the equation.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. all of the excuses used to keep trans people out of sports are uh used only against trans women who want to compete with cis women and not with trans men, which shows you right there, there's some sort of discrimination going on. It's, there's mm-hmm. not a, a whole uh, actual ideology behind it, and there's no science behind it. Um, one of the things that happens when you go on estrogen is you lose the muscle mass and you lose muscle definition. I am uh, fairly active. I exercise a lot. I run a lot. Since going on estrogen, and I've only been on it for a little over two years, uh, My, I, I run 5Ks. And my time, my average time per mile is now about two minutes slower than my wow. average was before. I can't even get back to my average now. In fact, it kills me. I feel like I'm going to die <laughs> to get two minutes slower than I used to be. Um, I have to work twice as hard at all of the strength training I do to get the same results I got beforehand when I had more testosterone in my body hmm. uh hmm. and you can't see the results nearly as much uh it's a it's a very well known thing for a lot of trans women that once we go on estrogen we can no longer open jars because we, we, <laughs> it's so much harder now um and all of these changes happen and they 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 stack up and Trans women have no natural advantages against uh, cis women in any kind of uh, sport. And the thing, the extra thing about it that's extra annoying is that genetic advantages are how all sports work. How many many short people are in the NBA? If you're not tall, you don't get it. What if you're a short cis man who loves basketball and you're good at it? How, what are your chances of getting into the NBA?
1: The people who have- It was like spud web and then <laughs> there, none, none beyond that, I the think.
3: People who just genetically happen to be seven feet tall are gonna right. get in. And that's, they mm-hmm. didn't do anything to get there. My favorite example is if you look at Michael Phelps, uh, you know, most dominant cis male swimmer ever, probably, right? Mm-hmm. His muscles make half the lactic acid that most peoples do. And lactic acid is what makes your muscles tired. So he hmm. tires at 50% the rate of everyone else, meaning he can go longer and harder than anyone else can. How many people said he can't compete because he has a genetic advantage? No, he was lauded for that hmm. genetic advantage. But if, if right. they take 10 seconds and think one trans woman might have a genetic advantage, which we don't have once we're on hormone replacement therapy anyway, uh, they they lose their shit. So um, hmm. it's it's all it's all garbage it's all hot garbage there's no science <laughs> every scientist and every doctor will tell you uh trans women have no natural advantages whatsoever competing against cis women um it's all just yeah. it's just discrimination i
1: i appreciate yeah. you explaining that i i knew that that had to be horseshit but i wasn't sure <laughs> but why, why exactly you know? yeah. how do you explain yeah. why though that's the yeah. that's mm-hmm. the key
0: and that's it it's it's a yeah. genetic dis- or the genetic advantages. like if if it's like Two two girls, like cause there's this thing right now I, I heard about the other One day. One cup. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, a, sorry, 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 There's like Different. two girls that uh they're like it was like a race and there there's parents that are like suing or, or trying to get this like the winner like kicked out or whatever because their their two daughters uh lost. But this the winner is a like it was born a a girl. She's not she's not transgender, but they're like having an investigation to see if she is or whatever. Like this this stupid case going on right now, whatever, this stupid thing happening. And it's like Okay, so say she she is a girl, she was born a girl, just like your girls were over here and they lost, but she's faster or she's t- taller or she doesn't tire uh-huh. as fast. But then say she was given the gender boy at birth and she, she was born with those parts or whatever and then transitioned before puberty and she's also still just tall and fast and she doesn't tire as much. Like there's no real difference. It's just how society kind of portrayed her at one point in her life. And now she's here at this level. Like, I don't know, you can break it down and, and just let you what you said, like blew apart the arguments. It's just helpful for us because, yeah, that's when I was like, I don't really understand this. I'm, we're not into sports, really. So
2: mm-hmm. it's yeah. like
0: not a fight that I care about a lot, but it's a fight that's important for us when we can or if it comes up to, to stand up for, you know, transgender rights and stuff. So, right. Thank you. For yeah. Right. It, good, it's
3: good. <laughs> yeah. it's part of the their entire. uh plan to just make it impossible for us to live in, in public, which is why they try to keep us out of bathrooms. Um, right. Because it, it, if you don't understand what that's like, imagine mm. every time I go out, I have to think about where I'm going and what the bathroom situation there is. And how many mm. times have you done that in mm. your life? Is there a yeah. single occupant bathroom in this restaurant? Can I go there? If I if not, if I have to go into a communal women's bathroom, I risk a confrontation with people who mm. are bigots, right? Um, mm-hmm. and that's just as bad because, uh, you know, there is zero evidence of any trans women committing any kind of, uh, assault in public bathrooms. It doesn't right. happen. Uh, right. what happens is it's all cis men commit assaults and they don't do it in public mm-hmm. bathrooms to strangers. They do it to people they know by a wide margin. Um, but they put that blame on us to keep us out of public life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it harms uh, cis people too. So do the sports, so do the bathrooms, because not every cis woman has narrow shoulders and is not very tall. There are plenty of cis women that are tall and have wide shoulders and even bigger jaws. Maybe a cis woman doesn't want to shave her legs. Who's going to police that? Right. Oh, you can't go in the bathroom because you have hairy legs. What? Well, you might not be a cis woman. That It happens with sports all the time, especially it is weaponized against um, women of color and especially black women who are cis. Mm um castor semenia it has happened to her multiple times she has been kept out of events because people test her and they say her testosterone is too high she must be a trans woman Hmm. no she's a cis woman who just happens her body happens to have more testosterone than most cis women do it's a she Hmm. did nothing to to do this to herself it's just a genetic advantage she has and people use it to keep her out um so this kind of stuff which the matrix movies will show you all the way through harms cis people as much as it harms trans people um these expectations the the heteronormative uh cisgender binary harms all of us because if you don't conform to exactly looking how people say you're supposed to look i mean right cis guys face this all the time uh where you're not manly enough you can't show emotions unless it's anger or lust and that's it you're not allowed to be uh sad you're not allowed you know to be uh supportive and caring it's you have to as a cis man you have to fight to do that in society because you will be derided for it mm-hmm. um and that harms you it that harms cis yeah, men yeah. so much that's that toxic masculinity that society puts in and it hurts you guys so much and it's awful because you have every right to feel every emotion and show them just like everyone else does. You deserve compassion and kindness, and you deserve to be able to show those things to each other. How many movies do you or, or TV shows do you see where it's just two men who are not gay, they're just cis men who are there to support each other, who mm-hmm. care about each other, who are kind to each other? You don't see that. And so these these boxes, the matrix of our society that right. they put us in, um. It harms every single one of us. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And that goes back to like the the end goal of this and just making it a a better world. Like when people say, I don't want my kid to be gay or transgendered because look at the world will do to them. Like I think the answer to that is, well, you need to change the world then. Like, (laughs) exactly right. This person is not the problem. (laughs) The world that's acting like dicks is the problem. Right. And uh, yeah. And I've lived with that for, for my personal life. Again, like growing up Christian and, and, and conservative in my my high school years, my brother came out and that was like a big thing in our family and our lives. And I, I didn't know what to do with it for a while. And like, that really helped me grow. And like, I love him to death. Danny is sunshine. He's, he's the best human I know. And like to think of anybody wanting to harm him or not accept him, I'm like, screw everybody that thinks that. And my parents were that way where they're like, well, we don't want this for him. We don't want this hard life for him. And my that's what kind of helped me kind of get away from a lot of those feelings and explore a lot more. And like, why do why am I so accepting of Danny? What's this other viewpoint? And it's like, well, if there if people around you or people in general are, are being violent or rude or whatever, like, then don't let that happen. Like that's the world I don't want to be a part of. And I eventually want to be a thing where it's like, Danny, my brother is, it's not, he's not uh my gay brother i don't want him to be like that's not his defining characteristic he's so many other things and that just happens to be a part of it but given the nature of the world he has to kind of be an advocate for that like he's kind of forced in that position um i'm glad that like you've kind of stepped up in your role and helping people understand and like using your skills to put that out there but you shouldn't have to right you shouldn't right. have. Mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to be yourself and the world we live in though is one in which we all have to be advocates for that and i didn't understand until reading your threads really what i could do as a cisgender male to help further along that more acceptance or my role in or why i would be i almost felt like i i have no nothing to say about this move along i i'm i'm fine but like i have nothing to say and now i'm like oh like your threads will point out if you're not specifically advocating for that acceptance and 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 that um Respect, then you're against it. Basically, you're you're part right. of the problem, right? That's one. Of and the, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah,
3: right. that's one of the key things that uh these movies hit on time and again. um That if you are not actively helping trans people, and this actually goes for all marginalized communities, people of color, uh, the disabled. If you're not actively trying to make life better for us, you are part of the world that is hurting us. Uh, And that's what the matrix shows so brilliantly, because if you're like, if you just write it off and say, well, that's not my problem, that's for them to deal with. Okay, but then that makes you part of the system that's oppressing us, because that system can only exist when people let it exist. If you say that's not my problem, I don't have to fix that. That's exactly what they count on. Your apathy allows it to continue, and that makes you part of the system that oppresses us. And what is really important to realize is, um, and the matrix shows you this all the way through, um, with the architect, the analyst, the agents, every police officer, every guard, they're all cis white men. Hmm. Cis white men set up this matrix of society to keep themselves in power and at the top. So as cis white men, you're the hardest group to wake up to the matrix (laughs) because you fit so perfectly inside it, which is exactly, uh, you know, Morpheus talks about this multiple times. Um, You can't see the matrix because it fits you so perfectly. You fit inside it so perfectly that you can't tell it's there. And we try to tell you, but we can't until you see it for yourself. You don't know it's there, but once you do what you have to realize is that you have more power than anyone else in society. You have more privilege than anyone in society. And that doesn't mean your life has been easy. It doesn't mean your life has always been great and that you don't have hardships, but your life is not made more difficult by being a cis white man. Mm -hmm. Whereas being a trans woman, my life is way, way, way difficult. And it it still does not compare to like black trans women. They have, their lives are so hard because they have the least amount of privilege in all of society. Um, Mm. so what you have to do is like what I'm trying to do and use my privilege to explain, Mm -hmm. uh, what it's like to exist as trans. You guys don't, I don't know if you even know now how powerful your voices are. If somebody makes a transphobic joke, one of your friends, and you just say, Hey man, that's not cool. Don't do that. You don't understand the power that has because we say those things and nobody listens to us, but they will listen to you because you are set up to be the, well, uh, well, I got to listen to this guy. He's a white man. It's Mm -hmm. just how society works, um, the way our society has been established. And so you guys have so much power to make things better for so many other people. And all it takes is just uh, standing up for us, voting for people who won't take our rights away, uh, to, to amplify the voices of those who are marginalized. So if you see... Uh, If if a Trans Tuesday I Write really speaks with you, share it and tell your friends that they should read it or why. Or if you see a disabled person speaking about something uh, in society that you maybe didn't realize, just by you sharing that with others, you amplify their voices in a way that we can't do on our own. And so you have so much power. It's why allyship is so important because trans people and a lot of other marginalized communities, but especially with trans people, I'll stick with what I know um, <laughs> the best. Uh, we're a very small fraction of society. Um, the census data puts us at like maybe one to 2%, and that's but that's just trans people who are out. Um, mm. But the people who can't be out uh, or who maybe haven't realized yet, some people put the numbers maybe as high as 10%. Um, but our society does not let those people be out right now. So if you work on that one to 2% number, that is not enough to affect any kind of societal change on our own. Every trans person can vote for all the people that will make our lives better, and it won't move the needle. If right. these people don't step up and do that, nothing will ever change, um, which you you see uh, reflected in the movies, finally, in, that, um, in Resurrections, where uh, the machines who were raised within and made as part of society uh, woke up, some of them, and are working with the mm-hmm. humans. And those are the cis mm. people who were raised within the matrix of society and said, "Wait a minute, this is wrong. You shouldn't treat people this way. I'm going to help them and reject what you have told me about how life has to be." So, um you just it's it's just so important if there's one thing anybody should take away from this uh, any cis person is that you are vital to everything. We cannot do anything without you. Um so uh, it's on all of us to make the world better for all of us to live in, right? It's, right. that's a, a thread I love that runs through the Wachowski's work is always that we are all in this together. It's kindness, it's compassion for everyone. We all belong. Uh, it mm-hmm. goes through all of these Matrix movies. It goes through Sensate, it's in Cloud Atlas. It's It's their whole thesis of everything is that we're all humans and we're all connected because of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well said. I, uh, I'm uh, i a big fan of the movie Contact, and there's a quote in there I always like because um, there is like the the Jodie Foster loses out on something and another guy gets it and uh, like to actually go into space. It's a big deal or whatever. And, and he says like, you know, I, I wish you could have been the one. And that's just not the world we live in. and And her quote back to him is, I thought the world is what we make of it. And it, yep. I always mm. take that to mean it, it, that's what we can change. We can change all of this, everything like we grew up in, everything we were born into. It's all it's all fake anyway. It's all made up and yeah. we can change it at any time. We just have to wake up to that. And uh, like yep. you said, it's hard for uh, I definitely feel as a, a white sister male, like it's hard to wake up to these things. I, I I'm not a huge like I don't have a big opinion about abortion. I I hate that it's been a, a, a big thing in politics because i'm like there's so many other things we could argue about and like that seemed settled to me clearly it wasn't so i feel like i've missed out Mm -hmm. on a fight that i needed to be a part of and now we have even harder fight to get that that right back right like i was i always thought it like yeah it should just be a, a the woman's choice whatever i didn't really think much of it other than that now i'm like oh there are other fights that i haven't been a part of that i do feel something for and the transgender fight is one that i'm new to but I just didn't understand it. I didn't have a connection to it. I didn't know anybody. One of the things I wanted to bring up with you, and you had mentioned like raising children uh, and allowing them to figure these things out, especially before they go through puberty and are forced into the wrong transition, the wrong bodies sort of thing. Um, I was wondering, like kind of, I guess, your opinion about what you teach kids or how you allow that. Um, I have a, a friend from high school I grew up with named Taylor, and she grew up and she has a transgender boy. and Oh, I guess, sorry, transgender girl. She has a, a book she wrote for him, Rainbow Boy, and it's about how he likes footballs, but he also likes tutus, and he likes this, but he also likes this. And it's about basically just letting kids do whatever and not forcing them into anything. Um, I'm actually a nanny for my, my two-year-old niece, I read her this book all the time and she seems to be a very girly girl. She likes a lot of the dress up stuff and all that. And, but we try to let her do whatever, you know? So, um, I want to just highlight that book. It's really good. It's called rainbow boy. Um, I can't remember her. She's changed her name now. Uh, Taylor, my, my friend here wrote it. Um, so Taylor Roansian is her, her last name. Um, but it's really good. Um, can you speak at all? Like you, you were also a mom, right? Mm-hmm. I am, um, uh, I don't know if how much you wanna get into that at all or how how old your your child is, but um just in general for for raising the next generation of people, gen Z seems to be much better about accepting people of of all kinds of stripes um and can you speak to anything else about how you would you know how you raise or how you would suggest someone raise a welcoming uh you know childhood for 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 children?
3: Well, um, I think the important thing is just to treat their gender as just another aspect of who they are it's not all of who they are and it's like if you would let your kid explore do they like horses do they like trains do they like you know whatever you're letting them figure out who they are right and that's all that this is and so if they tell you that they don't like dresses don't make them wear them right Mm -hmm. you you just listen because the kids won't tell you They will figure it out on their own. It takes a different amount of time for everybody, but the important thing is to respect them and their decisions um, and not force them into things that they don't want. Like when I was a kid, I always hated being forced to quote unquote dress up. They put me in little suits, and little ties, and I hated it. And it made me feel so bad. I can even feel it now and the feeling is awful, but I didn't know why. I didn't know why I felt that way. I thought I just hated dressing up. That's not the case. Give me a fancy dress now. I'm all about it. Right. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> but
3: um, So you need to just listen to that. Pay attention to things like that. Um, let Give them the freedom to figure out who they are. And uh, like for trans kids, uh, an important thing for people to remember, because there's a lot of misinformation about it out there. Uh, no one is doing surgery on trans kids.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: if a kid tells you that they're trans, uh they you can't even do anything by yourself. They have to talk to doctors, you have to talk to therapists. Um and nothing happens without all of these adults affirming that this is what is right for the child. Right. And the only thing that is done for trans kids medically uh is giving them puberty blockers. Um Puberty blockers have been used for cis kids with precocious puberty for decades and decades where Mm. puberty starts too early and they are like, oh no, they're too young to go through this. We're gonna pause it for a little bit. So Mm. they put them on the puberty blocker and it stops the puberty from happening. So it it depends on, on if you were assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth, which hormone your body's producing. There are different drugs that will just stop your body from producing that. The second you stop taking that, your body resumes, making that hormone, and you would progress through that puberty as normal. So like for me, uh, assigned male at birth, if I had been given a puberty blocker as a kid, uh, that would have stopped my puberty for as long as I kept taking it. But if I later decided, wait, no, I was wrong. I am a boy, and I want to go through male puberty. You stop taking the drug no matter what age you are, your puberty starts. Hmm. You go through it. There are no side effects. It, it's, it, they're perfectly safe. Hmm. And so, and since they're perfectly reversible, you still get your puberty if you stop taking them, sure. uh, they're com- it's a completely safe thing to do for a kid. It stops their body from those irreversible changes that are really hard to deal with afterwards. You know, like for people assigned female at birth who then uh, are trans men, uh, if they develop breasts, they have to get like surgery to remove those, where if they just had the puberty blocker, that would never have been an issue, right? Um, um, you're saving them. It's way them worse
2: s- later on. Yeah.
3: Exactly right. So um, most uh, with most kids, uh, the only transition that they're doing is social. They might say, mm-hmm. I want to go by this different name or I want to grow out my hair or wear the other clothes. And that's, that's all you're doing. And all of that mm-hmm. can be done uh, just at home. Just let them explore. Let them figure out who they want to be. And you just accept them for who they tell you they are. You have to get rid of your mm-hmm. preconceived notions of, who your kid is or what they're going to be or who you want them to be and let them be who they want to be. That's the only important thing. And as a parent, that's all I've ever wanted for my kid is sure. for him to figure out who he is and then support him through that. It, you know, it's kind of the same as like um, parents who are like, well, my kid has to go into the family business and take it over for right. me. And well, you're a kid who's like, but I want to go over here and be an architect well no you have to come work at the family flower shop why why would you force them to do something that will make them miserable you want them to be happy that's all i want is for my kid to be happy and loved um through his whole life so Mm -hmm. whatever that involves whoever that involves wherever it takes him i'm going to support him through that and so um that's the same thing with their careers with what they like in school the subjects they like what they don't like do they like science and hate history that's okay you don't have to force them to like history um you just it's 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 no different than any other aspect of who they are you just let them figure it out and support them through it
0: again so simple yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it is Once you explain people... it yeah
3: People yeah. think it's this big complicated thing and it right. can be if you're an adult like who transitions it's really complicated and hard to figure out your yeah. trans and how to transition but for a kid they're figuring out all of who they are sure. already and so it's just another part of the process it's one aspect of who uh, you know are you is the only thing about you that you're a man no, there's so many yep. other things about you. You're a podcast host. You, you know, maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a dad, maybe you're also like a gamer and you love video games or role-playing games or you love sports or whatever. It's just one tiny part of who you are.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Unless you're left-handed, then you're of the devil. <laughs> we can all agree wrong on that. there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it is weird that we uh, separate people into tribes just strictly based on gender, especially early on. Like my wife and I, we have uh, the the board game Guess Who. You mm-hmm. know, like where you have all the little tiles you flip up and and you put them down and try to like funnel it down to one final person or whatever. We always eliminate the are they male or female rule just because it's like it's you're eliminating half of the people. So we try to be like. Does this person seem like they'd be a dick to a waiter at a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, you know that type of that. thing. <laughs> like, what's their vibe? <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> that's that's purely up to artistic interpretation, and it's way more fun that way. You know, but uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know why. Um, like, I, I feel fortunate enough to to say that I've got plenty of male and female um, friends. Steven, you don't know any of them, mm. um, and uh, but. I, I don't know. I can't imagine just sticking with one type of person because they're my same gender or same skin color or same, you know, like I, I, There's I like no to reason be well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, just understanding where people are coming from and accepting them for who they are, which should be a default regardless. And that's another thing, especially here in, in the southern U.S., like we pride ourselves on being so hospitable and polite that, like, it, it seems like to be dismissive of a transgender person is incredibly rude, you know? It, it seems like you could get them on that technicality, but for whatever reason, it's, yeah, it's like, that's not the case, you know? What would your grandma think about you saying that to that
0: person or whatever? Mm-hmm. But yeah. grandma might have been a racist, too, so who knows? She likely was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. More than likely, yeah. Yeah, that's why I feel, too, uh, It's with, like, the Southern hospitality thing, it's like, oh, it's great if you're white, like, other than that, yeah. I don't know, you know, there's yeah. it's like within a, within bubbles, they're very welcoming or whatever. Um, I'm struggling with that with my family right now and politics, especially being so um, violent, to be honest. But, to, you know, everything's so divisive and I feel one way and they feel one way and, and just trying to bridge those gaps. But I'm um, trying to explain to them some of these things. And I, w- I kind of wanted to have this podcast in with you. I, I know we're not talking about so much Matrix stuff, unfortunately, Uh, There's just so many other questions about your experience that I'm so curious about and I'm still trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And then also to have conversations with the people in my lives, like after reading your threads, there's one in particular, I think it's in uh, Reloaded or Revolutions. There's like in the middle of one of your threads, you're like, well, you need some context for this. And you're like, I'm going to link a bunch. And there's like a whole, there's like 15 in there. And I, yeah. I read every one of them because I was like, you were like, don't move on unless you read this. And I was like, I got yeah. to. So I did. And it it, it the more I read them, it, I got basically more into your regular Trans Tuesday posts. And it really opened my eyes to a lot of things and uh, trying to formulate the way that I could discuss things with people, especially with like children. I think my parents would have a hard time understanding that. But like the way you explain that of like well just like anything it's just one aspect and you're just trying to accept who they are and blah 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 and like that's all mm-hmm. it is at the end of the day you break it down in a simple way um that helps me personally you know in my life uh deal with family or friends whatever that might not we might not have had those conversations cuz i never knew how to say those things or stand up for people but sure. uh, i hope coming out of this I, I will have a little bit more under my belt to uh, to be able to do that you know a little more knowledge so well, thank um,
3: you. Uh, that's the, that's the whole reason that I write them is to just help people understand, right? Um, and like, yeah, sure. that that moment you're specifically talking about is the the burly brawl in Reloaded, mm. um, which yeah. uh, it's it's hard. Um, there are moments of the movies that I love, but they are really hard to watch. Uh, one of them is um, the Siege of Zion, because what you're seeing there is uh, transphobic society infiltrating. Uh, the trans community, and a lot of trans mm. people dying, which is a real thing that happens. Uh, Real-world violence against trans women, and especially trans women of color and black trans women, uh, they're at the highest rates they've ever been recorded in history. Wow. Um, and and the legislative violence against us, is, mm-hmm. it's never been this bad before. Um, so it's really... I love it. It's, it's a beautiful... It's wonderful. It's such a great action scene, but it's so hard to watch, because I'm like, you're seeing society winning and killing trans people and that's really hard to deal with and the burly brawl is another one of them because what the burly brawl is showing you it is the moment where uh you know neo has just had a. he talked to the oracle again he's just gone back to his heart and said life is so hard now that i know i'm trans and society is coming for me all the time and i don't know if i would still do this And so he has this heart to heart with his heart and decides Mm -hmm. that he would because it's too important to be his true self and not live a lie, uh, a very painful lie. But then what you see there with the burly brawl is um, all of these Smiths, it's the transphobic hate spreading through society, and it is every single way. That society comes for us that keeps stacking on top of itself. I have a, I have a gif of the burly brawl that I use on Twitter every time a new thing happens that just adds another thing to the pile because that's what that is. That is people misgendering us. I just got misgendered last week. Um, some lady at the grocery store called me, sir, I don't know why I have this long hair. I've got boobs right. that I grew myself. <laughs> I'm dressed like a woman. I've got a purse. No. She <laughs> calls me sir. Uh, it's dead naming. It's all, all the legislation against us. It's the people keeping us out of bathrooms. It's people keeping us out of sports. It's people coming for trans kids and locking up trans kids' parents for affirming mm. who they are and giving them the care they need. Um, right. And that's why I link to all of those different threads in there, because each one of them explains how awful it is. It's it's going through um, airport uh, mm. body scanners where they have to hit the male or female, but when you go through and that's a problem for trans people. Right. Um, hmm. And if we try to avoid that, or if we come up as anomalies, which is what they call us, we're not anomalies, we're human beings. Um, then they, they give you the pat down. And so mm. many trans people, even trans kids have been molested through those. Um, it's horrible. Jesus. It's awful. It's disgusting, but it's, it's every aspect. It's having to think, uh, if I'm going to go out with my wife and son and we're going to go out to lunch, I got to check the bathroom situation of where right. we're going. I can't just go. Um, mm-hmm. It's this other thing, which uh, I don't want to 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 freak you out too much, but uh, a thing that uh, trans women and trans men do are tucking and binding. To um, mm-hmm. There's two reasons. Uh, one, some people do it so that it may... Uh, make you feel more like your true self and hide the parts of your body you don't like. And the other reason is so that cis people will leave us alone because Mm. then we look more Mm. like how they expect a woman or a man to look. Um, So, uh, but I have to, in order to tuck, I have special underwear I have to wear that helps hide things. And I have to stop before I go leave the house and think, wait, am I wearing the right underwear? How many times Mm. have you done that? Do you know what it's like? to do that every single time you leave the apartment every time i go to take the trash out i gotta be like wait a minute somebody might see a thing and i could they could come and attack me because of this right i have to it's there are and there's like hundreds of these things that stack up daily um and so it's uh, it's so so hard to deal with and so that like the burly brawl is hard to watch because i know that that's what they're showing you hmm. there They're showing you more people hate spreading and all of it coming for us. And uh, Neo doesn't win. He has to retreat from that fight. It's too much. He can't do it alone. Uh, And that's what life is like. And so um, there are so many moments in there like that that speak so specifically uh, to the trans experience. So if you read those threads uh, to folks out there, I'm glad, um, Stephen, that you did go through and read all those other threads I linked to because... It puts so much more weight into that burly yeah. brawl you understand like holy shit what is happening this is right so right awful. whereas before it was just like this is a cool action scene it is but it's got mm-hmm. this weighty bottom to it um yeah. when you understand what what it means well
0: uh i guess my fir- my final question about the matrix uh kind of leads into that there are there are aspects of this knowing how you've come out of this knowing this is a, a trans allegory and that's how you see it and that's how it is right Is it uh, an affirming experience to rewatch those
3: now, or is it a hard experience? Is it both? It's definitely both. Uh, Overall, as a whole, it's very affirming. It's wonderful because nothing speaks to us like this does. This is ours, right? Like First and foremost, they belong to the Wachowskis. It's their art. It's their voice. It's their heart that they're putting out into the world. These are deeply personal movies for them. But in a broader sense, uh, they've sort of been claimed by the trans community because, again, they're all we have. These are our movies, right? Mm-hmm. These are for us. Mm-hmm. They're about us. They're by us. They're for us. And um, so since they encompass so much of the trans experience, parts of them are really difficult. The Siege on Zion, the Burly Brawl. Um, the hard, One of the hardest things was... Um, the start of Resurrections, like the first half until Neo starts to retransition, it broke my heart mm. because society was so bad that he gave up who he was. He gave up his truth. He went back to working for society, pretending to be a CIS fan. And I know what that would be like. I know what it would take to make that happen, and it's heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, And all props to Keanu Reeves, there are a couple moments in there where he sells the pain that he's feeling so well. Um, So that is really hard to watch. But knowing where it goes and how it comes out of it, um, it's a very affirming experience. But it is a definite roller coaster, which is what trans experience is. And it shouldn't be. Being trans should be just like being cis. It should be easy. It should be fine. It's just one tiny bit of who you are. It doesn't make any difference. But our society doesn't make that possible. So these whole it's it's yeah it's a definite roller coaster but i love them uh because there's just there's just nothing else like them out there yeah it's for sure
2: yeah
0: well you've really opened my eyes for sure with this um like i said now i can't really watch them without it and i'm glad because it it really gives another level to a great sci-fi story that i always liked uh, or even really uh, re-appreciated lately with the sequels and stuff but uh um, now it's it's good for that so um brent did you have any other further questions
1: well, not a further question, but I, I do want to say as a, a person of color, you know, a, a brown cisgender male, Tilly, I'm with you. Steven is the problem here. And he must be stopped. <laughs> She's like, I'm not joining into of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for uh, making the time for us multiple times over at this point. And uh, for coming on the podcast, it was a true delight to have you on. Your life absolutely matters. And uh, Stephen and I consider ourselves allies. So we'll, we'll do what we can
2: yeah.
1: uh, from our, our tiny little platform here to, uh, to help out our, uh, our uh, transgender uh, human beings yeah. um, on this planet. So. Thank you again for coming on.
3: Well, thank you so much. Um, truly, like even just having me on uh, and getting this sort of point of view out there is don't underestimate how much that means. How many people will hear this? Mm-hmm. You are giving these issues a voice that they didn't have. And that's what you need to do. Right. As cis men, you have this ability, mm-hmm. uh, not just with your podcast, but even a more important uh with people you encounter in your daily life, with your friends and family, don't let that stuff slide because that's how the little changes happen, and the little changes lead to big changes. So if you, you know, if you don't let your 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 family say something transphobic, and you're like, hey man, don't do that. That's not cool. You're you're hurting somebody for no reason. Uh, those little things add up, and you can change hearts and minds over time with that. Because again. They will listen to you. Um, and so that's, that's where the biggest changes happen. They start small and they build. So thank you for, for having me on and, and for doing that and for being allies. It means more than you'll know.
1: Of course. Of course. And I appreciate you being an ally And Batman is kind of just okay as a character. Like, He's all right. We don't need every character to be a Batman. Get out of here, DC. With a red-eyed Superman, get out of here with that shit. Uh, Let Tilly do it. Tilly, do you have a Superman story oh, in your uh, brain that, uh, that you would love to write? So many oh yeah oh my god Let's make well that it happen. was the next thing I was going to ask if you wanted
0: to mm-hmm. I, I, Tilly you've, you've mentioned a few things and in, in passing I guess little hints at things that you and uh, and your wife Susan have mm-hmm. written that you've gotten accepted I was wondering if you have anything you wanted to plug anything you've written or, or coming up that you can talk about
3: Um. well uh, right now I think the most that you can find our, our writing is um, we run a scripted podcast company called Pendant Audio which you can find at PendantAudio.com um our most popular show there is a sci-fi crime drama with a trans lady lead that's going to be starting its 12th season, if you can believe it, Oh, wow. uh, coming up this wow. fall. Um, and that, those that's are all awesome. available for free, so you can check that out. Uh, we write for the Star Trek Adventures tabletop role-playing game. Um, cool. so we've got some of that stuff that's out. Um, we've done some television work that we're not allowed to talk about yet because of NDAs. So that's exciting, Damn. Oh, uh, but that's coming up. So that's
0: what I was hoping. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's if good. You, though. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, we won't shut up about them, uh, once yeah. we're allowed to talk about them. So
2: if you, <laughs> if you keep
3: an eye on that. Um, But if you'd like um, to check out any of our work across all of these different mediums, we also write a lot of comics. Uh, We had a cyberpunk comic come out a couple years ago called Killswitch, which is still available. Uh, It's a cyberpunk action uh, book, which is very beautiful. It's got really great art. Um, So you should definitely check it out, at least for that, even if you don't like our writing. Um, (laughs) But you can get links to all of that from our our website, which is birdguest.com. And if you are interested in my Trans Tuesdays, um, you can I post them all to Twitter. My handle is Tilly Bridges. And uh every Tuesday there's a new one. And there's there's just so, so many of them out there. So uh and I'm always happy to answer questions if people have them or direct you to past threads that I've done about yeah. something you may be curious about. So um please um I put myself out there so that if people have these questions, they can ask me and don't have to bother uh Trans people with much less privilege than I have, so I'm always happy to answer questions and talk about things. So uh, if you read stuff and you have questions that aren't answered or you want more information, please just let me know. I'm always happy to talk. That's lovely.
0: You had I haven't read yes. it yet. I have it bookmarked on Twitter, but your last thread or or two maybe where they uh, like ask you questions about yes. trans life or anything and that yeah. uh, that was like oh I'm fascinated to go back to this because that's the like that's the thing you don't want to just ask any random trans person you meet on the street. They're just living their lives. They might not want to talk about mm-hmm. it. They don't have yeah. to, but you're putting yourself out there because of your your position, and that's great. Um, so yeah, your threads have been really fascinating to me. Uh, I would highly recommend them. I'm gonna start retweeting some of them. I, I it's like I I have this bad thing where I like I save things for later I'll come back to that I'll come back to it all whatever and this is one of them I had these things and I was like oh we're gonna have her on the show so I'll retweet them afterwards and then it just kept being pushed off and now I feel like well it's two months I've read these things and I never put anything out there so uh, I will try to 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 be better about that as well Um, because there's just so many fascinating ones that I think people around me would would be interested in so um, real quick I'm just going to mention some of our last little things that uh, all of our info for social media is in our show notes as usual if you'd like to contact us Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps and let any of your friends know so they can find us as well. And as always, just thanks for people for listening to us. Uh, we put this dumb thing out there and anything we can do to get people to laugh or, or I don't know, learn a little bit is, is always nice. So mm-hmm. um, certainly, Tilly, thank you for being on the show and, and for uh, trying for so long and, and for being so gracious uh, to come on here and, and sharing so much info with us because it was really enlightening mm-hmm. for me today. And I'm sure it was for a lot
1: of our listeners. Well it was m- this is the most educational show. I'm sorry to cut you That's off fine. but i I did I'm going to continue. I can't stop I, I have momentum uh but uh this is the most educational show we've ever oh, had yeah, for sure and and it only took us two hundred sixty three episodes to get here, so congratulations, Tilly, you've done it. You've made the show smart yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, the next episode is going to be terrible, but, you know. I'm going to put that on all my business (laughs) cards.
3: I'll make your show smart. (laughs) But um, thank you. Thank you again for having me. Uh, You guys are absolutely great. It was wonderful talking with you, and I'd be happy to come back anytime.
2: Well, we would
1: love to have you come back, um, especially to maybe just sit down and talk about a specific topic or whatever. We, we'd love to uh, put you in the rotation sure. with our other friends yeah, I'm out sure there. Yeah,
0: sure there's more info that you're into and stuff. That's why we asked that little questionnaire in the baby. Mm-hmm. it's like, all right, fill you out. Where are you at with these things? So.
1: I, yeah, and uh, like we found out so late in the podcast that you like Star Trek, and I, I feel like Star I've got Trek. a thousand questions for you there. Oh, that's incredible. Are you watching Strange New Worlds? Uh-huh. Or I, I watch it. I all. guess you have watched it. We watch all of it. Do you? Okay. Do you do you like all of the new Trek stuff?
3: I do. I think they're very different, but um, Trek has evolved to be a lot of different things and it's almost like its own medium now rather than it's, you know, so um,
1: yeah, they're all very
3: different flavors, but um, I'm enjoying it very much. This is a new, this is a new Trek golden age and it makes my heart very happy
1: yes yeah it, it seems like that's the case
0: so i grew up yeah. on the next generation and i watched some of the old reruns and like some of the movies i've never been like a huge trekkie but i've all i like the new next generation or whatever is that what it is next generation mm-hmm. uh always really mm-hmm. got me uh and i've wanted to rewatch them but i haven't watched any of the new ones yet so i've really i'm behind the times on that but uh, i've heard great things about a lot of them so especially mm-hmm. strange new worlds so Yeah, I need to check that out. Well, that's great. Uh, Yeah, we would love to have you on again, so we'll reach out another time, and maybe we can make it a little easier and actually just have you on one episode and then uh, not for (laughs) a bunch. But uh, again, just thanks for coming on, and uh, everybody definitely go check out all those threads, those Trans Tuesday threads, the Matrix ones. Super fascinating, way more than we got to talk about today. Uh, But it was super Mm -hmm. fun talking to you. So uh, uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. I'm Tilly. (laughs) And let's talk later. edit it better (laughs) we always like throw people out at the end we're like uh do you want to say something we're just like yeah
1: you did great Um, sorry i
3: missed thank you
1: oh no that's that's it's our it's our thing that's what's the problem um yeah it'll it'll edit out fine it'll it'll be okay Stephen, before you hit stop there um so uh tilly you had mentioned earlier uh about taking out the trash Mm -hmm. and how you have to think about that and what you wear uh are you the the household trash taker outer i am is that yeah. An assigned duty. Yeah. Girl, I'm with you. Uh, that's that's a, a duty I've had for over a decade at this point, uh, probably coming up on two. And uh, there's there's something about that responsibility for the household that you kind of take upon yourself in a way where you're like, I have to get all the the household's refuse out of here. Uh, it's for safety reasons and also, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's. Uh, It's a responsibility that's not to be taken lightly, you know, and I don't feel like enough people sing the praises of the (laughs) refuse taker outers. So I I salute you. You are my new favorite Avenger. Um, You know, it's it's people don't think about it. Like sometimes it'll be late on a like our our trash gets taken out on Sunday night for Monday morning. And there are times where I'll be getting ready on Monday morning, you know, for my beginning of my work day. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't take out the trash. So, like, everything in the world has to stop. That's my (laughs) one job. And I I failed at it, you know? People don't think about it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We Mm -hmm. have a tiny little apartment. And so, all of our trash has to be taken down uh, to Mm -hmm. the like dumpsters. And so, it's got to be lugged down these giant stone steps. And so, uh, yeah, I've taken it upon myself as the. Biggest mm. and the strongest to be the one who lug <laughs> yeah. it all down there.
1: Well, I mean it's it takes a true hero to lug all that trash down That's right. flights of stairs, you know. I'm That's... not gonna argue with you. We <laughs> <true>. could <laughs> just say like, the true fine. hero, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little robot lady. Yeah. Me up every, time. <laughs> every time. There we go. All right. Everything is good to go. So Perfect. Brent, do you wanna start us off with some outtake stuff? Yes, yeah. So uh I I was thinking about this, and if you could time travel back into the past, obviously, uh, not, uh, it's not going to do you much good for... But mm, why? why? Why do we do this? I start going <laughs> down these weird trails that I don't mean to. Uh, if you could time travel back to the past, I'm thinking like maybe the 1800s, and show people a movie, which movie would you show them? Mm, interesting. Does that make sense? Like, if it were me, I'd time travel back in time and I would show people Godzilla versus Kong and be like, this is what happens. Oh, this you guys is like, did this something. Yeah. You guys are doing something wrong back here. So, so this, this is like has happened now.
0: Pre-movie technology, so they don't even know what mm-hmm. they're looking at. And like when, when they saw a train coming out, then they freaked out. So you're going to show them the, the end of the world as if a, a giant lizard and a giant
1: monkey fight to the death? Mm-hmm. well to be fair that train coming out the screen is terrifying i, mean, I don't know sure. if you've ever seen it before but yeah absolutely i've seen it i've seen it in uh 40x and it it is haunting <laughs> The seats move around it's terrifying there's nothing you can do you can't escape
0: i i don't know that i have a i don't know i'd have to think about it a little bit tilly anything for you anything come to mind
3: uh i think you could show them fury road and really scare
2: them
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's an actual, yeah, that,
3: that's right? like an actual future. <laughs> yeah.
0: That seems possible in some way.
3: It's not that yeah. far off, sadly.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. know, the water wars. On a weird note, I've, I've also thought in the past, there are some movies I grew up with that I just never hear anybody talk about. And one I, I'm just curious if if either of you have ever heard of it, it's called Solar Babies. Does that ever Solar come up Babies. to you? Solar Babies is this weird movie with, like, Jamie Gertz and Jason Patrick pre-Lost Boys. And it's like a futuristic movie, but it's really bad. It has a really young Lucas Haas, uh, really weird effects and stuff. Uh, but it basically, it takes place in a future where water is so scarce that it becomes like currency and power and everything as well. It's a it's sort of a precursor to Fury Road in a way. But um, they rollerblade everywhere, of course, because it's the 80s. Uh, OK, so, yeah, they mentioned that's this amazing. on um, yeah, yeah, how did this that? get made? Yeah, <laughs> okay, I should have. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's quite amazing. They basically roll They're like a roller, rollerblading gang of youths, of you know <laughs> and yeah i should have left with that it's uh it's quite amazing but yeah it's one of those like solar babies what a weird title it's just one of those mm-hmm. things you know so yeah i'm just putting it out there I, i'm gonna guess after after fury road i would also like to show them solar babies i suppose in the past so as if it were like uh fury road leads to solar babies uh, yeah they're like a, a combined universe in some way okay yeah Maybe or after they run out of gas, they have to rollerblade everywhere.
1: Yeah. You know. Kong and Godzilla have leveled the earth, right. right? Made it just fully destructed. And then it leads to Fury Road and then Solar Babies. I like this trilogy. It's a weird trilogy, but I like how we mm-hmm. came up with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> There's to a me. glowing orb in Solar Listen, you guys just gotta watch it. It's it's so
0: weird. Yeah, it's it's a movie that it does exist you can't say it's not yeah. a movie but it's I think going that's on right. my list i, I, yeah, have, okay, to, yeah, I have perfect to. perfect excellent there's even probably more people i'm not even thinking about there in that movie but yeah good stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm glad at least uh that we could freak out people appropriately you know back in the 1800s so
1: mm-hmm. i wonder that's if you goal. could show if you could show them back to the future three and if that would make sense to them at all likely not right with all the uh the like the DeLorean, no. they have no concept of what that is. <laughs>
3: Probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did just rewatch that whole series, though. And
0: so you're I mean, it feels appropriate that you would go back in time to that time period, I guess,
2: whether mm-hmm. you would
0: show them that movie or not. You know, I don't know if that would work, but mm-hmm. they'd be
1: like, wait, what's electricity? Like, where yeah. are they trying to harvest this thing? Right. De- depending Does on, old uh, man have thunder powers or whatever? Lightning powers? Yeah. Depending on how far back ba- you go,
0: you know. You mm-hmm. could uh, you could really freak people out the further back, but I like the uh, the trilogy we came up with, though.
1: I, I think so. Think uh, I think it works. I don't know Flawless. if we can pull the sync word out of that though. Um, I honestly, why don't we just go with Solar Babies? Easy enough. We uh, clearly we have to get the word out about this okay, movie film. Yeah, <laughs> I all apologize right, so. to everybody in advance that watches that movie, but <laughs> I
0: watched it a few years ago. I was like, it still holds up. It doesn't, but to me, it did. So <laughs> I grew up with that movie. So all yeah. right. So, yeah, uh, all right. uh, Brent will count us down, and uh, we'll just all say solar babies at the
1: same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I count us down to three? Yes, yeah. I say one, two, three, and then yeah. solar babies, right? Okay. Right. So, all three of us will say that. Okay. So, solar babies on three to sync. One, two, three. Solar, solar babies. babies. Excellent.
2: All right. <laughs> L-P-A-M.